Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This episode of Yeah, That's Probably an Ad is brought to you by Critio. Critio is creating an open internet where you can choose what's best for you and future you. Learn more at critio.com slash future. That's C-R-I-T-E-O dot com slash future. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad. This is the Adweek Podcast, and it's Super Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl's over. It's done. It's in the books. Uh, we've survived another one. Uh, I'm proud of you uh, listening to this. I'm proud of us for enduring it. Uh, no, it was good. It was a good one. Um, and with me to talk about some of our favorite ads, some of our favorite moments, how great the halftime show was. We've got, of course, Shannon Miller, creative and inclusion editor, co-host of the podcast. Shannon, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm like revived now to talk about it. We are recording this quite late in the evening after watching all this and writing about it all night. Uh, but I'm excited to talk about it with you. Me too. I some would say I feel too excited or a little too great today. But um, yeah, really excited to go ahead and finally, finally delve into this. Uh, and with us for reasons that will become quickly apparent of why we have invited him on as our special guest for the evening and in appreciation of him staying up to uh, be on the podcast with us. Patrick Culp, emerging tech writer here at Adweek. Patrick, thanks for joining us. Hi, great to be here. And we've got Al Manorino, producer on the podcast, who is coming around to the other side of the microphone to join us for this discussion. Al, thanks for jumping in. Thanks for letting me be on the podcast. You get one a year, and then we lock you back in the production studio. Um, well, all right. As a tradition. We're gonna we're just gonna dive right into it because uh we've got a lot to talk about. And I say we uh, I say we start with the big one, uh, which is our number one pick. We'll talk about a bunch of our favorites, uh, but we really gotta get into the biggest trend of the year. And then the uh, what we felt was the number one Super Bowl ad of the year, which are both connected. So let's get into it. Shannon, why don't you tell us what did you normally we build up to it a lot of tension here. But let's just let's just jump right to the point. Uh, what did we name the number one Super Bowl ad of 2022? Well, there were a lot of fun, splashy ads this year, but this year's number one was a roving QR code. <laughs> Bouncing from the left side of the screen to the right. Our number one pick is Coinbase. And the, the QR code seen and snapped around the world. We don't even know what this ad's called. Uh, I don't <laughs> think at the time of this recording, we don't even know which agency made it. Uh, at oh. least we don't have confirmed. Um, but uh, yeah, Patrick, tell us what we do know about. Do we know who made this Coinbase ad? Yeah, so it was Accenture Interactive. We did get that confirmed later. Okay, on. that that was a late um, I, late recognition. Yeah, and I believe, as far as I know, the ad is called Clip. <laughs> That's what we <laughs> <laughs> what it was titled when I received it. 
which was a little later after it aired and after we had already pulled the recording from TV and put it up there. So I was on the lookout for this ad and I really didn't know what to expect because they had given us very little information going in. They refused to even confirm the Super Bowl ad until up until noon today. Um, I'd asked them about it a couple of days ago. Um, so it really took me a second to realize what was going on, realize that this was the Coinbase ad I was looking out for it, realize what they had done with it. I, the thing that got me is I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, great. Someone did one of those Reddit, pause your screen, scan the mm-hmm. QR code, you know, so like Reddit got a bunch of attention for last year, running a regional spot. So I was like, uh, and then it kept going. And it kept going. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's play a little of the music that went along with it, just so people can understand. When I say that it's hypnotizing, I don't necessarily mean in the best way, more like in some kind of uh, mildly atonal Philip Glass kind of way. Let's listen to uh, what was playing underneath it. So, so this was a 60 and it just kept going. And I think if it had been a 15, people would have just shrugged and just been like, mm-hmm. whatever nerd nonsense that was, but it kept going. So I had time to leisurely pull out my phone <laughs> and open the camera app and zoom in on the stupid screen and get it and go to the website. And it was still playing as I was like looking at the landing page Six Mm -hmm. seconds is a long time when you're not literally not showing anything except some DVD screensaver looking QR code. Um, So, Shannon, obviously, we had so much creativity. Uh, We have nine other spots in our in our list of the top 10 uh, best ads of the Super Bowl that Mm -hmm. Shannon wrote, which is on adweek.com. And I would argue all of them were more fun to watch. But but Mm -hmm. what, what would you say made this one the number one pick? I mean, if you think about the ads that you're going to talk about for a while, for a long time, everybody is going to talk about the one time that we saw a mysterious QR code just linger on our screens for 60 seconds. And what we found when we all collectively snapped our phones onto the QR code, um, it, it was a nice community building moment. And I think that that's one of the things that I really love about advertising. There are just certain ads that everybody just has sort of like a connected memory to. And I think we can all have like that moment of like, how did our respective households react when this was happening? Because like me and my husband sat there and we waited for this thing, what we thought was maybe like our TV, like going into like a weird rest mode. Like, no, because it's never done this. Um, so we're just like waiting, we're like, should we look and see? And then the sort of split second moment of Twitter going, what the hell is this? And then uh, Slack being like, this is weird um, and kind of hilarious. Um, it's just a nice sort of like beacon to crowd around. It's it's a memorable moment, and it's going to be it's going to be far more memorable than spots that just sort of crowd a bunch of celebrities. Which don't get me wrong, I, I love those occasionally, um, but it's it's something completely different. Yeah. So Patrick, let's talk about a few things going on here. One is I think, correct me if I'm wrong, um, 
or at least I can only speak for myself. I felt like going into this, these crypto players of which Coinbase is one, they're, they're a cryptocurrency exchange. I thought they were going to be like just fighting to raise awareness of what crypto even is. What is mm-hmm. an exchange? Like, what does that mean? How do you use it? And if when I saw FTX and with Larry David in a very kind of classic Super Bowl ad style, very funny and entertaining. And they mm-hmm. kind of just had this humble thing of it's crypto and it's easy. And you're just like, oh, okay. This one, none of that. Just no attempt at selling you on what is crypto. Just like go here, we'll give you some money for it. It was a promotion that I think I think expired like an hour after the game um, that gave you some money to, I assume, to invest into crypto. But I mean, were you surprised thematically to see a, a, a crypto advertiser like kind of skipping that whole selling selling mainstream America on crypto aspect? Yeah, it's definitely a bold move for a crypto exchange that like you can assume that a ton of people watching this have no idea what it is. Um, and I think I think the promotion is actually good through 48 hours after airing. Um, so <laughs> if you really did want to get in on that, you could still have time. Um, but uh, I guess they were just trying to get people to take that next step and um, kind of try it for themselves. They said in their quote that they just want to get people involved however they can. And they just had that uh curiosity gap so they got people to get out their phones and get on their website and i guess we'll see in the coming days like how much that actually worked you know uh, i should fact check myself because patrick's absolutely right what i thought said 40 minutes remaining i'm looking at the landing page now that it drove me to it's it's 40 hours (laughs) so (laughs) i thought i thought there was a much tighter sense of urgency (laughs) um but uh so so patrick tell us about what what we saw from crypto players uh tonight you know we mentioned ftx kind of more traditional and basically just trying to tell people ah you've probably heard of crypto here's an easy way to get into it uh what were some of the themes you saw over the course of the night yeah, I thought it was interesting how they were trying to kind of position themselves as like an in- inevitable future. I mean, with like the Larry David one, it was like, here's the wheel, here is um, the light bulb, and then crypto is next. Um, and you can either be part of this or it's going to pass you by. And it really, I feel like they really played on FOMO and like, especially the eToro um, ad, it was like really like the fear of missing out, like you're going to be part of this. Um and then I was also surprised by like how much crypto kind of permeated all of the ads. I mean, it was in, there were four crypto exchanges, and then so many of the other ones like mentioned it too. Yeah, and and crypto.com had one that I think was a little polarizing. I'm I'm guessing some people loved it. Um, it was LeBron James talking to younger LeBron James, which I think is a super cool premise. Um the, and then I should end there because that's where the good stuff. It was kind of <laughs> it, it was uh, uncanny valley, as we're all familiar with, of like when you try to make a CGI character, and he's literally sitting next to the real version of LeBron. My brain was so busy trying to make sense of this that I could not, and I still cannot, as we record this, um, really fathom the connection to the brand. What What did you all think about that one? It was the uh, Gemini Man sequel that no one asked for. <laughs> <laughs> no I, th- I thought it was i, I was going to say i thought it was I, I felt the same way when he sat next to him but when he was talking to him across the room it felt like i don't know much more earned or, or it didn't feel as uh you know weird uh but i definitely i've definitely felt the same as soon as he sat on the couch i'm like well, what is this and then crypto 
comes up. I'm like, okay. And yeah, like, I, I rewatched okay. it a few times after the game just because I thought I must have missed something. And I just kept thinking there must be more to this. And mm-hmm. there ever, there wasn't. I feel like that ad does a little bit more damage for like the PR of crypto in general than it does good. I mean, when you look at sort of the the public's response right now to like the celebrity culture within crypto and, and NFTs and the metaverse, it is largely negative. And because like, <laughs> it's just considered kind of like this, a little bit of an exclusionary thing. Um, like, I don't know that that did anything to draw anybody in. I think that they, it looked like the bulk of the eggs were put in the LeBron basket without considering like, how do we make this genuinely engaging to like actually make people curious about this? I, I like, I was doing so many mental gymnastics. I like my brain crawled up my own butt trying to figure out what the hell is happening in this. I'm like, I'm like, okay, so he's asking his older self, was I overhyped as a young player? <laughs> is that a metaphor for crypto? Is crypto <laughs> overhyped? You know what I mean? I'm like, sitting yeah. there, I'm trying to make sense of it. And then like Patrick, I tried rewatching it. And so again, I think there's a premise there that would make an amazing ad. Um, This wasn't necessarily it. And the connection to crypto, because crypto is just like, crypto didn't exist, obviously, when LeBron was young. So it's not like you're saying should have gone in (laughs) crypto in 1997 or whatever, you know, it's like, anyway. um, So I do feel like we saw the gamut, you know, we saw, we saw a, an absolute range of creativity, never in a million years would I have thought that one of these would end up being our number one of the night. Um, Mm. Not, not as an offense to them, but it's such a challenger category. You think about the two, uh, we, we among many have compared this to the 2000.com Super Bowl, right? Where dozens of .com brands, many of which did not survive that calendar year uh, advertised in the Super Bowl. Those ads were generally quite bad mm. uh and and most of the tech ads that ran in the years to come e-trade was pretty good and, and got better but yeah a lot of them were bad and these i you know one or, one or two were not good um ftx great uh and and then obviously coinbase uh we, we named number one I should be clear, we don't know yet as we record this what the USA Today ad meter is going to be. So here we can do a fun little like thought experiment and we will be proven right or wrong by the time this episode even comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think is going to win? Because I, I think Coinbase is going to be very low. I think it's going to be <laughs> abysmally low. It's going to be a classic example. And this happens a lot where Ad Week's like best ad of the game and USA Today ad meter's like an absolute turd fire. And it's just because like your mainstream... You know, mainstream people uh, who are just rating an ad are going to look at that, and they're they've been conditioned to think this is a bad ad. I did not mm. enjoy watching this; therefore, it is a bad ad. Meanwhile, millions of people are scanning a code and going directly to this site. Right? Um, mm. What, Shannon? Do you have a pick? What's going to win USA Today ad? Meeting? I can't see it being anything other than Lay's Golden Memories. It's kind of like hits on all of the things that just really um, like signify the modern day Super Bowl commercial. You have two beloved um, celebrities in Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen. There is a solid story that is easy to digest and follow. Um, It is enjoyable. It is well mapped. Um, It allows them to, or it allowed the stars to just sort of ride their natural chemistry, which I, you really can't go wrong because it's the thing that has sold millions and millions of dollars in, in you know film revenue. So it's 
the res- overall response to that I felt was like, oh, was overwhelmingly positive. And I don't know. I can't see anything topping that. I would love it to be Squarespace, hint, 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 but I know it won't be. I'm I'm thinking it's going to be Lays. Yeah, Squarespace would be good. Zendaya was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful spot. Uh, Patrick, do you have a pick? Um, I could also see Lays. I was kind of monitor- monitoring the traffic a little bit, and I could. I, it seemed like people were very interested in the Rocket Mortgage spot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think all the ads did. <laughs> A lot of the good ads this year did a good job of just kind of, uh, I think, as Shannon mentioned, distracting and kind of going for the humor this year. I, I think um, Rocket Mortgage is my pick um, with Anna Kendrick and the and Barbie <laughs> and then eventually He-Man. It's, it checks several boxes. I loved it. It was my favorite, creatively my favorite ad of the night. Um, because the concept is great about they take the Barbie dream home when you think it's an ad about a Barbie dream home. And then it's about ad about trying to buy a home and what a terrible market this is for buyers. And then they start introducing these characters like Cash Offer Carl, <laughs> the enemy of the people. <laughs> <gasps> Boo, Cash Offer Carl. <laughs> and like, and then at some point, you know, He-Man and they're at like Castle Grayskull and, you know, just that ad just goes places. And I was like, I love it. And, and uh, my, my wife didn't get to watch much of the game uh, just because she was like doing human things while I was hunkered down, like writing about ads, but she walked by for that one and, and really enjoyed it just because it's such a, it, it checks a lot of these boxes, nostalgia check, right? Everyone remembers Barbie and He-Man and, uh, and Anna Kendrick, just beloved, beloved, lovable, beloved, <laughs> beloved. Um, I love beloved. Beloved. <laughs> and uh al what do you have a odds on pick yeah part of me wants to say the uh, the nissan ad the thrill driver with uh, eugene Mm. levy and uh i think every year we see a bunch of like nostalgia reunions and things like that this year we had a ton um you know uh, obviously the one that went after my heart was the uh, the mini scrubs uh, scrubs reunion with uh donald Faison and and zach braff for t-mobile um, emily yes um but yeah i thought that th- you know going back to thrill driver i felt that you know star-studded fun concept everyone loves eugene levy you get the Shits creek reunion as well in there um just a fun kind of like this is like very definition of what a super bowl ad is and i think they kind of nailed it um mm-hmm. and if we're going with like the consensus i think that's what people are going to try probably gravitate towards. I, th- I would have said Larry David, if it did not end with like, Hey, this is crypto. This is about crypto. Um, they got to, they got to sell the product at some point, man. Exactly. <laughs> um, I just feel like that, that, that it's so divided. The, the world is so divided on um, how they feel about crypto at this point in time. I, I think that's why it won't get the uh, top spot. All right. Let's, uh, Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back and talk more. Super. My dad works in B2B marketing. But I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. 
And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Thanks again to this episode's sponsor, Critio. The future is an open internet where discovering your brand is a positive experience made possible by Critio's commerce media platform. Learn more about Critio at Critio.com future. That's C-R-I-T-E-O dot com slash future. All right, we are back. Ready to keep talking Super Bowl. Shannon, I think you and I spent a lot of time talking about the fact that this year also had beloved uh, celebrities, but not used well. And, mm-hmm. and it put us as reviewers, I could not say that we're like the biggest issue here, but I mean, it put us in a weird bind because we're like, well, this celebrity is mm-hmm. great. Like Idris Elba can do no wrong for me. Dolly Parton can do no wrong in this universe. Mm-hmm. And yet both did ads that were not great. And mm-hmm. I would say we're not even good. The Dolly Parton one really broke my heart, like having to, you know, post a review where we're like, it's, and I think we even said it's it's okay to love Dolly Parton and not love the sad. <laughs> yeah, you really had to break it to the public gently that like this will not be the heartwarming uh, sort of wrap our arms around Dolly moment that we really, really wanted to have. Um, yeah, I, I think that there is something to say about stuffing celebrities in your ads without necessarily knowing what to do with them or having a huge familiarity about what makes them so great. I'm not saying that that's the case for Dolly Parton. I think that, you know, generations upon generations understand why Dolly Parton's so great. But um, I think, you know, when you're looking at things like, I mean, I'm I'm just going to go there, the, the flaming hot ad. I have to wonder if the the creative team who I understand worked very hard to make that happen. So this is not um, to, you know, vilify them, but I have to wonder if there was an understanding of not only Megan's work, but her sort of like burgeoning rise and branding and how, and just what she's capable of. Cause if there was an understanding of that, then you wouldn't just stick her behind a cartoon bird. Like it's, yeah. it's what? just Deeply, deeply disappointing, especially because there were so many teasers leading up to that that were so great that seemed to show some sort of like understanding of what she could do. And it just goes to show like you can't just bank on a name. You can't just bank on a face. At the end of the day, there has to be, um, to quote Rocket Mortgage here, good bones behind it. It's got good bones. It's got good bones (laughs) with really bad neighbors. Perfect. Um, Star of the show. The uh yeah, I feel like like I can almost I feel like we were pitched like, hey, do you love flame and hot products? And it's like, yeah, I guess. And do you love <laughs> Megan the Stallion? Absolutely I do. Great. Here's an ad with some animals. There's a sloth and there's a bird that sounds like Megan the Stallion. And you're like, all right. I mean, and I think I think a lot of people are gonna love it just because they had animals talking to animals. It's got the yeah. product. And I Charlie sold- Booth for some reason, like that, that was another thing. Like, like, and there, even there, I was just like, that's a really odd pairing um, between Megan the Stallion and Charlie Puth. They have sharing a common music, sure, but you could have had so much fun with just how like wackadoo that 
that team up is. And you could have made them like the, the hit of the season. Um, yeah, you're definitely right. It was definitely like, these snacks are good. You, we've heard these names before. Um, so this should work. Like it doesn't Like the, the algorithm, the algorithm nailed it. (laughs) Speaking of algorithms. So Patrick, I can't, we can't exit another Super Bowl with talking about our beloved Super Bowl bot. Uh, the AI that uh, Patrick started training three years ago to write Super Bowl ads. It's come a long way uh, mm-hmm. since, <laughs> since we launched. <laughs> uh, you had it write quite a few Super Bowl pitches over the last few. I would say the biggest thing, and someone accused me uh, of writing those, uh, which you may remember when we first launched this, several people were like, is it really an AI? Are you, are you all just writing dumb ad ideas? And I was like, we don't have time to run dumb, to write dumb ad ideas. <laughs> what time will we have? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, so we made we made a bot that has all the time in the world. <laughs> um, but it felt like they weren't as dumb this year. Like it, it got a little more normal. Yeah, I mean, I think the AI behind it has progressed so much since we started it now three years, three years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was GPT two then now it's GPT three, which was like an exponentially bigger language model that's kind of underlying it. So whereas like I would get so much nonsense the first year we did it and I had to train it so much just to get like get to a level where it felt kind of coherent, um, this year it's like, it's so easy. I mean, you kind of go through things and it's like very coherent and you have to kind of keep going until you get something interesting. Cause a lot of these are just kind of boring on the nose, ad pitches that like aren't even that interesting (laughs) i mean yeah and so this year we actually we thought it had progressed so well we made a quiz uh where you could vote we had 10 super bowl creatives like people who've legit made super bowl ads we had them write their own versions of pitches and then we had the bot write its own version um i would say the average score ended up being around like 75 percent. so people could 75 percent of the time people could tell the human but that means like one out of four times they could not. And and we didn't even try that hard to make it convincing. We just said the bot spit out some ideas and we didn't curate it very heavily. So I feel like I walked away from being like, if I were a copywriter again, I used to be one years ago. If I were one now starting a concepting thing, I'd be like, hey, bot, um, my clients got like, like we we worked on a pitch where there was an athlete, a pro athlete that was on board with this brand to be their spokesperson for no reason whatsoever, except that they got him. And they were like, so you need to pitch us an ad about our products and the sale we have coming up and using this famous celebrity, this famous athlete. I could have just fed that to the bot and, and gotten a hundred starting points and gone from there instead of sitting in a room, staring at the ceiling, being like, I don't know, maybe he's a wizard. <laughs> maybe, maybe he's the, he's the devil. I don't know. Like, where do I even go with this? So I, I don't know. I feel like that thing is it's not about the AI replacing humans. It's just about them giving, giving, being a nice tool. Yeah. I think a lot of the thing, like a lot of the output I get out of it, it's like, well, that's not really going to be an ad, but that's kind of an interesting premise or kind of an interesting starting point for thinking about an ad maybe. Yeah. If you haven't gotten a chance, check it out. Uh, Super Bowl bot on Twitter uh, and you can Google Super Bowl bot quiz or <laughs> Super Bowl AI quiz and ad week and you'll find it. Take the quiz yourself. See how you do. Um, a lot of people struggled uh, and were surprised to find so. Um, well, before we clock out for the night, um, let's talk about the halftime show because I loved it. I have not smiled so much uh, in a Super Bowl, um, maybe ever. I mean, I've enjoyed a lot of halftime shows. I was just like ridiculously happy. I had this moment in the middle of the halftime show, I think during Kendrick's like 
when he made his like his his entrance. My God. And it just, I was like, I'm having such a good time on the most stressful night of my entire year. <laughs> uh, so Shannon, obviously you and I were both very excited about this 90s hip hop reunion. What did you think of the halftime show? Oh, um, I, I thought it was okay. Kidding. <laughs> I, solid I, three out of six. I died a, a thousand deaths. Um, <laughs> it, I mean, there, there's definitely an argument that could be made for maybe having too many stars at once. Um, Cause there's times where I would really get into a set and it would already switch over. Um, that said, I mean, if, if you're talking about something that like encapsulates the best era of hip hop, this was really, really it. And it was so fun. I, I would argue that 50 cent did not have to appear upside down or at all. Um, we had five stars already, so it was kind of uh, a, a packed roster. Um, but like just getting them, getting to see each of them in their element and to sort of um, put on display what they've contributed to pop culture was just so deeply satisfying. And that transition from Kendrick to Eminem was just bananas and so so good I, I i have not screamed which was really silly of me because i have speaking things tomorrow um i don't know if my voice will will show up but i was losing it i was having a really great time yeah the every transition because to your point very crowded and i i thought it was going to be like an old school super bowl multi-act thing where they're all just on the stage at the same time just making noise just making like a, a, just a just a sound. like the maroon 5 one i mean like yes uh yeah after after the the talent we shall not speak his name plus a uh, 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 big boy yeah it's like the um but you know back when it would be like here's aerosmith and britney spears mm-hmm. and and um you know i don't know uh, one of the boy bands, all, all at the same time. <laughs> put put respect on Insync. I guess, <laughs> and it was just chaos. This one, instead, they let each person record. You know, kind of, you know, do their part at, at once with really, really spectacular transitions in between. Um, and and especially, yeah, coming into Eminem, and uh, and then going to Dre on the piano, Ugh, like so good. So good. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still so happy. About it. Hi- highlight of the night. Um, I did at some point end up looking for some unrelated thing. I did not really like keep an eye on Twitter uh, or social media at all all night just because we were very busy. I did see you may be shocked to learn some racist moral outrage. Oh, of course. <laughs> Best, Best part. <laughs> My favorite I, part each year. And I only saw it uh, because a lot of people, including celebrities, were drawing attention to it, which I think is great. Um, good and bad. But um, so I have a feeling I'm going to see headlines tomorrow uh, once we wake up that are about the uh, outpouring of hate. I don't care. They're, they're wrong as always. Uh, and it was just it was so good. So good. Um, but with that, uh, Al, anything else that jumped out at you with the game or the ads that you want to make sure we cover? Hmm. He's like, no, that's, I'm producing this. That's, that's a great question. Up. No, I, I got enthralled. <laughs> no, I just I just to go back to the halftime show for a second. I was obsessed with the stage and, and the setup that they did where you the actual floor was uh, the city from like an aerial view. And then they had all these like multi-level like compartments. I was just so it was blown away by that. And then I was and like, yeah, Wait, it, yeah, it looked really cent. simple, like from straight on. It looked really simple. But yeah. It was so complex and there was so much that was. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just was no, really good. impressed how they walked that balance. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I really wanted to mention. I think we covered a lot and we're all exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> well, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us to talk about all things crypto and Coinbase's uh, surprising win. Uh, Patrick did write about that. You can check it out. We're going to be looking into more info on how it went for him. Uh, so keep an eye on adweek.com. We're going to have so many more stories in the next few days about what worked. Uh, we're going to have what did win the uh, USA Today ad meter along with many other metrics. Uh, and so keep an eye on the site uh, and check out all of our coverage, uh, especially uh, Shannon Miller's uh, 10 best ads of Super Bowl 2022. Uh, thanks so much for tackling that. Shannon, uh, last thing, it was your first Super Bowl uh, as an ad weeker. You joined shortly after, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. What it, what, how different was it watching the Super Bowl as a, a full-on, full-time ad journalist? Um, it was harrowing. Um, I thought I saw Jesus's eyes at one moment. Um, but it was, it was honestly a lot of fun. It, those sort of moments where you're like in the trenches, it feels like with all of your colleagues on a night that you are not supposed to be working, um, actually turned out to be incredibly enjoyable. Um, I cannot wait until like Wednesday when this is just officially like put to bed and we know um, the the sweet relief of only releasing like four articles at once instead of 19. Yeah, literally dozens of ad week uh, journalists pitched in on the Super Bowl coverage this year. I want to give a special shout to Jameson Fleming, our agency's editor, who was just nonstop on o- organizing coverage uh, mm-hmm. throughout. Uh, Jess Zafaris, our audience engagement editor and director, she uh, was kind of running the war room uh, this year at the Adweek office, and that is a tremendous responsibility and a lot of folks to oversee. So many other writers, I couldn't even list them all, but uh, yeah, huge team effort. Big appreciation to all of our colleagues. Uh, we love and appreciate them so much. So with that, call tonight. Our theme music is by Home. Uh, this week's episode was produced by Al Manorino and edited by Lane McGibney. Uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a review on, Ad- on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot to us personally, and they help new listeners discover the show. For Adweek, I'm David Greiner. We will be back and hopefully well-rested next week. Bye.